Ladies and gentlemen, we are on the air once again for Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast. With a 60-minute time limit, the man in charge of this episode is your host. He is the king of New England and the certified bad boy or bad guy. Bad boy sounds too eh. bad guy. Oh, man, bad guy, sick Vic. Today, we have a wrestler from West Virginia, now residing in California. We have Blake Daniels with us today. How are you doing, sir? I'm all right. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. What's, why did you decide to move from West Virginia to California? Um, so the thing is, I'm from West Virginia, but my whole wrestling career, all that has all been in California because uh, I was in the service. I was in the, I was in the Marine Corps, and they stationed me in California. I didn't get involved into wrestling until, like, two years after I started my service. So, yeah, and they had a uh, great wrestling over here. I started training over at uh, SoCal Pro over in San Diego, and then uh, they shut down because of COVID. So I moved on over to this place called Fist Combat. They're stationed out of uh, Ocean Beach, California, and San Diego. Great people there. Um, great environment over there. I love it over there. But, uh, yeah, I never it's actually wrestled in West Virginia. I hope to one day, but I've, I've just been stuck in California since then so who knows this comeback isn't that with um mikey gordon yes dirty ron mikey yes he's a good guy i i I saw who he's facing in xpw i messaged him going are you crazy but you know he's a good guy i mean he came on the show he's a he's a a good guy he's a good guy he's a good heart so so far if you could just put your wrestling career describing as one word what would it be and why my wrestling career? Oh, God. Um, honestly, I would say unexpected. You know, I, I just came into, I just came through the doors, came into the wrestling business, not not knowing what would happen. You know, I was like hoping for the best, but kind of expecting the worst. I didn't want to get my hopes up too much. But since I've been wrestling, I've had some pretty solid opportunities, wrestled some uh, really, really uh, <laughs> solid dudes. I've wrestled so far two guys that have been over to GCW. I've met I've met people. That been even higher up. I met. I did a seminar with a. I went to a wrestling seminar that uh, Paul London was hosting for Fist Combat. So it's been it's been really unexpected. I didn't expect to, uh, you know, meet these kind of people this early. You know, really nice, nice opportunity and all. It's the great part about it, isn't it? Even for a podcaster like me, it's like the people you meet, the journey. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's been crazy, you know just meet the meet some kinds of people I never would have expected to meet in my life you know really some people yeah I, I know my audience is sick and tired of hearing this story but I was right next to my wife as she's about to give birth to our our second child a baby girl mm-hmm. and I noticed uh super max Sean Hernandez on his Facebook mm-hmm. I like messaged him going like you know hey man this is where I'm at right now and I took pictures of the hospital room, not my wife, but the hospital room. Say, see, can you please come on my podcast? Because you know, I'm I'm expecting once after I get an answer from you, she might be here. So, and he was really cool when he came on. But yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, crazy world of wrestling, dude. Crazy world of wrestling. So, how did professional wrestling kind of like fall into your lap? Uh. Well, I've always been a fan. Obviously, you gotta be a fan before you actually get into the business. Otherwise, why are you in the business? But um, no, I remember when I was in the service. I was on a deployment one time, 
And, uh, you know, I had my buddies over there. We always shooting shit and everything. And I would always talk about wrestling because, you know, big nerd, you know. And, like, they're they're just screwing around. But they're like, oh, why don't you, why don't you become a wrestler? You're big or whatever. And I was like, you know what? You're, you're, you, got, you got something going there. So I actually looked it up, looked up training schools for whenever I got back to the States. And that's how I started my journey going to SoCal Pro and all that. And I ended up going to Fist Combat when I looked it all up because, Honestly, I, I didn't know how to do it. Like, I wasn't that aware of the indies. I knew the indies were a thing. I never really paid attention to them or nothing. But, like, I didn't realize how vast it was, how much there was out there for someone who wanted to get into wrestling. So I was like, oh, shit. Let's go check this out. So I checked it out, and it was uh, it was really cool. So I just kept rolling with that, and I just got into it. How long did it take you from your first day of wrestling school to your first match? So I, I first started training in February of 2020. And from February to March, I was training three days a week with SoCal Pro. And then they shut down because of COVID. And then between and then from March until July, I wasn't training because, you know, COVID, no one was training, none of that, no shows were going on. <laughs> Mikey Gordon was running his, his stuff at Fist Combat and he decided to open up a wrestling school. And as soon as I heard about that, I was like hopping onto it like right away because I already met him once before because I worked ring proof for one of his shows at a at this strip club in San Diego. You know, I met him. He seemed like a solid dude, so I was like, "Why not?" So I went there to train. Uh, ran to a couple familiar faces that I saw at SoCal Pro. They were training at SoCal Pro, and uh, then I started training in July. And then I had my first match in October of that year, 2020. Tell us about your first match. That's a that's a funny story. So um, my first match, it was me and it was a tag team match. It was me and Araxial versus Ryan Kidd and Mojo's Jungle, the Lucha Daddies. And uh, my first match, man, it was amazing. Uh, you know, we had all this stuff planned out for the match. You know, I was just trying to memorize everything, the beginning, the middle, the end, everything. I was trying to just memorize it. And what was funny is that after Raxel's entrance and my entrance, because Lucha Days came up first. So after my, I was the last one out. So I come out and I'm like, you know, getting all my stuff. I have a little country boy hat or whatever. I was getting it off. And all of a sudden they just pearl harbor us out of nowhere. Just threw everything out the window for the first, for the beginning of the match that we had planned out. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like they, they just jump us. I wasn't even supposed to begin the match. Araxel was supposed to be the first one in the ring starting the match. And they just jumped us, threw him out of the ring, kept me in. I was like, well, Shit, here we go. This is how this is why I learned how to improvise, right? And it just <laughs> went on from there. But it was a, uh, you know, at the time I was like, oh man, it's the most amazing thing ever. You know, looking back, of course, my very first match it wasn't the best, but you know, wonderful experience though. I had uh, you know, good coaches. Uh, Ryan Kidd and Mikey Gordon were were my two uh, coaches over at Fist Combat, so they both trained me well. Uh, Ryan Kidd's a he's a pro. He's fucking pro, so he knows what he's doing. So he was one like walking me through the whole match and it was it was easy but yeah I'm just glad my first match was with was with uh someone who was actually training me you know made it a lot easier and then throwing me in with like an outside guy I mean I I feel like I would have managed either way but you know having my coach there in the middle of the ring with me was nice you know oh yeah oh definitely so um was it overall going becoming a professional wrestler was it harder than you expected or was it as you expected or? Um, it was, it was uh, around 
just as I expected, maybe a little bit harder on the aspect of like um, learning how to do rolls, take bumps. Uh, like I said, like communicating the ring, like that stuff. Like it was, it was harder than I thought it would be, but I, it was, uh, I caught onto it kind of quickly, but uh, yeah. So overall it was around the same as I expected. Cause you know, I expected it to be hard as fuck and it was, it really was. You had to stay physically fit. He had to study. Like I, I would go to my, to my room when I was done with work and I would just be watching like old school WWF, like just shit from like the eighties, nineties, just simple shit and just be studying all the time and like thinking about, you know, what I'm going to do in the ring, what my moves are going to be, my whole gimmick, just freshening myself with that promos and all that promos are another thing that was way harder than I thought it would be. Cause I'm usually good at uh, public speaking, but that, that shit was hard to, for me. So, yeah. To all wrestlers, a fair amount of wrestlers that talked about, you know, the promos, they just go in there and kick ass. They don't give promos. And it's just like, you know, oh, they kind of old school. I mean, promos are important though. If you want to, you really want to market yourself and like sell yourself to people, you know, because in ring ability, like it's, it's important of course, but you know, you got to be good on all aspects in my opinion, but yeah. I mean, that's what I was taught. So what wrestler, like, influenced your style in the ring? Oh, just pretty much, um, just pretty much any, any big guy you can think of, you know, because, like, I'm, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm, like, 6'1", like, 250, 260. So, you know, any, any, any guy on the heavier side you can think of. Uh, I remember when I was at SoCal Pro, they had me uh, studying tape from this guy. His name was The Stranger. He wrestled in the 70s, big dude. And I studied a bunch of um, big boss man. Uh, when I do my own study, I'd look at like Braun Strowman just to see like strong, big style stuff. I even used his um, his uh, power slam as my finisher. And um, yeah, so I'd say just any big guy, really. Cause that's, that's I, I just look at people that have my kind of, you know, kind of build that are like bigger than most of the guys they face. Cause like, I'm bigger than most of the guys I face, height and weight wise. So, yeah. If you can improve one of these areas in your life as a professional wrestler, what would it be? Your mental well being or your physical well being? I say my physical well being because my mental well being is already fucked. <laughs> no, but seriously, yeah, yeah, but physical for me because I feel like I need to get more in shape, you know, to stay more safe in the ring keep the other guys with me in the ring safe. So I feel like the physical aspect is more important to me, at least. So right now, what other promotions do you watch? Mm, I watch AEW, uh, WWE on and off. Um, pretty much anything that's going on around where I'm at with the indies. I've, um, you know, when I'm not wrestling at Fist Combat, I watch, I watch their shows sometimes, you know, just to see how my, how, uh, my buddies are doing over there. And I uh, checked out this new promotion over here, uh, One Ring Circus. Uh, they're they're pretty cool, but yeah, that's that's about it. So if you could have total control of one wrestling company, which company would it be, and what's the first thing you would do to generate more fans? Oh God, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. Um. Hmm. If I can control any wrestling company, I don't know. Honestly, 
the one thing that WWE does that I am not necessarily a fan of is um, how they um, don't give their new guys a bunch of chances a lot. They like like to bring in the the older guys, the veterans. Sometimes I'll get if I ran a big company like that, like WWE, I would. I would start bringing in like new guys, you know, new faces to the company to keep it, to keep it going longer. But, you know, at the same time, I don't like to question too much what's going on over there. Cause you know, it's Vince McMahon, this dude's like the fucking, the guy of professional wrestling. So whatever he's doing, I guess he's doing for a reason, but I would, I would, I personally would go in there and stop bringing in all the old guys too much. Like, you know, all that. Well, they tried to do a 205 live. And that didn't pan out. Yeah. I do it. And right now, all of a sudden, when they say they're going to keep with younger guys, Dolph Ziggler wins the title, which everyone's just like, wait a second. You said younger guys will win the title. Yeah. So it's with so many outlets like NXT, SmackDown, Raw, I was surprised they don't have like a constant showcase for the younger people. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like they need more of that. Like get the, get the new faces out there more, you know, to generate more talent, more, you know, all that. But, yeah. Would you do a death match if the money was right? Oh, God. Um, depends on who I'm facing. Depends on who I'm facing, really. But um, I'd say, yeah. A uh, death match is definitely on my bucket list for, for wrestling matches. But, yeah. It's got to be someone I really, I really trust, though, because, honestly – I don't, I don't want to get fucked up too much, you know. I don't want a thumbtack to go where it's not supposed to or get stabbed by a freaking um, light tube. Yeah, the light tubes, I would think, is more dangerous than the thumbtacks. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've heard I've heard that thumbtack bump don't even really hurt as much as you think it would, but, uh, yeah. But, like I said, it depends on who I'm facing. Like, Mikey Gordon, Dirty Ron, like, he's, he's someone I would trust because that's – a lot of what he does is death matches and the fact that he's been in business for over 20 years and he's my coach, you know, and I've you know seen him work so many times. He's one person I definitely trust 100%. Another guy I would trust, um, I've never had a match with him, but I've I've seen his matches and I met him at a fist show. It was uh, T-Rex. He's And he's a big dude too, so I feel like that would be really fun to do, to do like big man, big man type, of, type of thing, but he seems like a fun guy to work with, but yeah. It all depends on who I'm working with. There's the same thing about thumbtacks as well. It's like when you get slammed in the tax, the adrenaline's pumping. It's not mm-hmm. clinical, but it's not. It's after the match if the doctors don't get to you first. Yeah. It shuts down, and they're like, okay, you know, we'll pull the tax out. Then I hear it's more painful out than it going in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what are some of the unique places that you've seen during your travels? I mean, overall, because I know you were part of the military service as well. Okay, I was going to say, because wrestling-wise, I've only stayed in the San Diego. I never lived really Southern California. But, uh, oh, overall, military experience. Let's see. I've been to the Middle East. I went to the country called Bahrain. It's uh, it's interesting over there. I got to I got to see a little bit of it. I got to see their mosque. Their mosque is like the fourth largest in the world. We didn't get to go into it that day though. Kind of sucked. I wanted to see the inside, but um, yeah. But honestly, when I was on deployment, because I was in the Marine Corps, Marines are like super strict for stupid reasons. 
And uh, so we didn't really get to see outside of base that much. I only get to see it one time for like three, four hours. But they have some pretty cool stuff over there. They have this um, this huge ass shopping mall out in town. It was like three stories. It was cra- like crazy big. And um, yeah, Bahrain was the furthest I've been though. But uh, other than that, I've been to probably like twelve different states while I've been in. While I was in. And uh, I got to go to Alaska. That was pretty cool. I saw the the green lights in the sky at night, northern lights. Pretty interesting. And I uh, also went to Germany and Ireland. That was pretty cool. Went to uh, Kuwait, too. I stopped there on the way to Bahrain. Uh, my first time seeing an indoor smoke, smoke room. That was pretty cool. You know, you step in there and you just feel the cancer. But, you know, it was pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, interesting stuff. I just wish I got into Japan. I never got to go to Japan. I always wanted to go there, but. Well, there's a world of professional wrestling. You still have the opportunity. Yeah, that's true. And especially, you know, fist combat and death matches, you know, <laughs> death matches are more severe in Japan, but, you know. Oh, still- yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what's the strangest weapon you have ever seen used in a match? Oh, God. Um, there's actually been two matches that I've seen while at Fist Combat where it was the fans bring the weapons and the fans bring the craziest shit. I seen a um, whistle ball bat with Legos taped to it. That was pretty funny. Someone brought like the super long dildo. That was also pretty funny. Other than that, you know, standard weapons I've seen used, but um, yeah. Uh. The dildos, I could hear people already going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Getting all offensive over it. It's wrestling. Get over it, people. Yeah. I mean, you uh, got to go to Fist Combat to get there, to get how they are, their environment. Like, it's it's amazing over there. I fucking love it over there. I've heard good, I mean, like, I've heard good things about it. Um, I had Mikey over the corner one time. He was a great guy, great dude. Yeah, he is. Oh, he is. Told us about the cocaine uh, baby powder against Nick Cage, and I was like, "No, there's no way." And I saw, it and I was like, "Yep, all right, that's something new." It's yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, uh, why not, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's his, that's his gimmick. Dirty Ron is a is a coked up clown, so you know you got you got to play the part. What's your number one pet peeve that drives you nuts in the business? In the business, um, oh, okay, that, that I, I I thought of one right away. Um, when I'm on like Facebook or like TikTok or Instagram, and there's just like these smart marks that always try to like talk shit on how someone works or how they take bumps or like, because like, like everyone has a bad, like everyone's gonna have a bad bump in their career, but like shitting on people when they don't need to be shot on is stupid. Like I remember one time I posted a video of myself wrestling, and uh, someone direct message me on tiktok saying oh you're unsafe you're i'm like dude it was like one slip up and i talked to the guy after the show (laughs) like i apologize for it. he said it was all good because it it didn't hurt him it was just a fucked up thing that i did or it was fucked up that i did but um yeah that's my my, that's my main pet peeve is people that aren't in the business that try to tell people how to work in the business it's kind of stupid I just recently it's like, it's like me trying to go to Jeff Bezos and try to tell him how to run Amazon, you know. That's what I feel like it's like. Yeah, you're I mean, you're right. I just recently talked to um OBW's uh Star Rider 
And he said, yeah, people who like, you know, say you suck on internet, it's one thing, but when they DM you, Mm -hmm. personal, that's crossing the line. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because he was talking about the trolls and I was just like, well, actually, you know, and I was like, I might be a dick for doing this, but if, if I have a wrestler who I'm like really excited to see and they lose, I might go on Twitter and be like, oh, this guy sucks. You know, what the hell? You beat my boy. Yeah. No, but no, it's like, you know, it's, I'm more of the, I'm the guy, the stupid fan, the sign that says you suck. Yeah. And then going to I mean, the, I, I think it helps the business at the end of the day, because they, they want that heat. They're working for that heat. So if you give them the heat, it helps them more. It helps the business more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But fans really do take it overboard. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's entertainment. It's not real. We all learned that at a young age, or at least I did. Uh, it's not all real. Well, it's okay. power behind a keyboard. Like, oh, Blake can't touch me. He can't do anything. Fuck you, Blake. Yeah. You know, acting all tough and everything. And you're just like. Unless they pull a Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back move. Yeah, really? Yeah. Telling everyone on the internet beat the shit out of them. <laughs> that was a classic movie. I forgot about that movie. No, I fucking love that movie. I watched that movie like 50 million times. It's an old yeah. school movie, though. What's that? Old school movie, it's been it when we did it, yeah, like 2000, 2001. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah, what people that's what trolls need just you know, have you knock on the door going hi, and then it's either you beat the crap out of them or you have the enjoyment of them going, Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Boy, I'm sorry, as they piss themselves. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, people always- just feel powerful behind the screen, it's crazy how much power people have nowadays with that. Uh, it's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You can either use it for good or for bad, and people are opinionated, and they know how to push people's buttons. Yeah. That's not always a good thing, but... Oh, well. So if wrestling never existed, what would you be doing? Oh, if wrestling never existed? Um, Honestly, I always grew up just wanting to be in the military and being a police officer. So I'd probably be um, pursuing that goal because I always grew up respecting like military and law enforcement at all. You know, being from West Virginia, we, you know, and all that, we always respected police officers over there. And uh, yeah, so I'd probably, I'd probably be a police officer right now. Yeah. How bad did it suck putting, taking apart rings in a strip club? How bad did that suck? Come on, that one oh didn't suck. You don't even know. So the so the the first the first like I said the first show I ever worked was Ring Crew for for Fist Combat for Mikey at a strip club and like the ring barely fit into the space it was supposed to go in in the first place. So that was already a headache. Was carrying that shit in and out of there. And then after the last match, fans were like throwing these streamers out everywhere. Like there was like. It was just like endless streamers being thrown everywhere. So we had to clean all that up, clean up all the thumbtacks, clean up all the broken doors. And that was a fucking headache. Like, you don't even understand how much, how much of a frustration that was. But I was like, well, you know, part of the business. I got I to gotta get through this shit. Got to pay my dues. It's not like they give you a vacuum saying, like, here you go. No, it's. Yeah, no, it's all you just like soup it up. Yeah, sweep it I up. I got actually got thumbtacks right into my knee because I wasn't paying attention. I kneeled down to pick something up, and I got thumb, like three thumbtacks like straight into my knee. That hurt like hell. 
because you, the, the adrenaline wasn't pumping. The heart wasn't yeah, pumping. I know. My adrenaline was definitely down. I was gonna, like, fuck, clean all this shit up and then go down, fucking get three thumbtacks right in the knee. It pissed me off even more. I was like, shit. But now nah, it was a good time. It was definitely a good time. Oh, at the, just being at a strip club must not have sucked. No, not really. You know, after the party was in the strip club. But yeah, the thing about that was like, I was still like brand new. It was like my first, my very first wrestling show. So I like didn't go into the VIP area with all the wrestlers. I feel like I didn't belong yet. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to wait until I wrestle. And then I'll be partying with the wrestlers. Like, you know, being a ring crew guy, you know, I was just, I was just sitting by myself in the corner a little bit and like just drinking. I didn't really do anything at the strip club. I just got a few drinks. I left, but, uh, yeah, but the time after, the time I went to the strip club after that was a couple years afterward. And I definitely was part in the VIP section after that because I actually had a match in that show. But yeah, even back then, did you know you were a wrestler in training back then? What's that? Like when you're just put, taking apart rings, do you not know you are a wrestler in training? Yeah, I knew I was a wrestler in training. Yeah, yeah I was training for like I was training for like three, four weeks at that point. But I was so like I said, I was brand new. Like I was. Training for like less than a month, first show working ring crew. So like, you know. Yeah, if you want a couple of drinks and see some titties, I mean, you have the right to do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I wasn't really too into strip clubs either at the same time. I just turned twenty one at that point too, so it's like my first time at a strip club. I was like, you know, just chilling. I worked at three of them in my younger days. Mm. It's like a, it's like a magic show. Once you know how the magic tricks are done and everything, you're like. It's cool, but yeah, yeah, and all those places I worked at, they all got bought out, and now they're offices or parking lots right now. I mean, it's just time to change. That's crazy. So, where do you see yourself in five years? Um, still on the grind, pretty much. I, I, um, right now, I'm at a spot where I'm not wrestling regularly, sadly because I got all this shit going on in my personal life. But uh, in five years, I'm hoping to be at a spot in my life where I'm like more financially stable to where I can go to shows all the time. Hopefully I'll have merch to sell to actually make profit off of that. And uh, just, you know, keep grinding, keep trying to get better. So you have nothing signed or anything. You just take some time off, studying your trade, and just roll from there. Mm-hmm. That's not like a thing. Where do you like to see yourself at the end of your wrestling career? After everything is said and done, um, hmm, you know, I just like to at the end of my wrestling career, I just want to look back and say that I did my best and I did all I could, and you know, I, and I, you know, made fans out of people, made some people happy, made some people sad, made some people angry, whatever I'm supposed to do, and I uh, just look back and say to myself that yeah, I had, I had a successful career, whether it's staying in the Indies, whether it's getting signed, whether it's showing up on AW Dark or or WWE dark or whatever. I just want to say to myself, like, yeah, I did everything I could, and I'm, and I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I can settle for this. You know, are you becoming a wrestler just at the right time? Because now that it's not just the WWE, and yeah, Impact or whatever. Now you have like the independent scenes just blew up. Yeah, definitely. Especially with uh with AEW coming up, and they just bought Ring of Honor, so. That's good. That's gonna blow up a little bit too, I, I believe. But yeah. Yeah, from all the issues I heard Ring of Honor was having before they finally sold, yeah, it's it was a matter of time before. Yeah. It had been in big trouble. Their connections with New Japan was severed. I mean, it was just. 
you know, just yeah. I feel I feel like I feel like Tony Khan buying buying them out is a good is a good fresh start for them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully, Tony Khan overtakes Vince McMahon, but that's just another personal opinion of mine. I don't I don't see that happening honestly. I don't I don't think he's gonna overtake Vince McMahon like that. It won't be easy at least. It won't happen anytime soon if he does. No, I mean I see I, I see a bunch of AW AW fans, AW marketing like, oh he's gonna do this, he's gonna do that. I'm like, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. He's good, he's really good. AW's fantastic, it's a fantastic product, but don't compare it to WWE because WWE's been around a lot longer. And they and they've done a lot more, so I don't know. You think WWE and AEW now are like two different, like two different animals right now? Because you have WWE, who's sports entertainment, and you have AEW, professional wrestling. Yeah, they are. They they're two sides of the same coin, I believe. Because like the thing about that is like from from my point of view, like WWE likes to go out there say yes, we're sports entertainment. And while AEW says they're pro wrestling, like in all honesty, everything that's wrestling is sports entertainment. Like it's a sport and it's meant to entertain millions of people. Therefore, like it is sports entertainment, but you know, they are they are two different things in my opinion. Cause like with sports entertainment's more of a drama side of it, and pro wrestling's more of a physical side to it, in my opinion. So, but they're just two sides of the same coin, in my opinion. Yeah, nice when entertainment. That's when it's like, all right, it's not. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the word. I don't like the word either. But first saying professional wrestling, but at the same time, people say it's sports entertainment. Have I can see their point. You know, I can see why they would say that. But yeah. And then why is if it's like why aren't they in two different categories? Why are they the same category, everyone? Because people like the drama. They like the controversy. They like to the, you know, fight, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah, and that's what makes trolls. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, Blake, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, man, no problem. Thank you for having me. And anytime you have, if anything gets signed or anything like that, let me know. We'll get you back on the show. We'll go do whatever, you know? All right, man. I'll definitely hit you up. And that, and that smoky session offer is still on the table. All right, man. Even, even if it's just your nicotine, that's fine. All right. All right. I got you. All right, man. All right. All right you take care. Yeah, you too. Thank you.